This week on Invasion of the Podcast, you may not believe in Kratos, but he does believe he can kill you. What's cooking in Hell's Kitchen as we talk about Daredevil Season 2? And the Netflix Wheel of Death makes a triumphant return as I strap Paul onto it. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Saucers have invaded our planet. People of the Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're taking over the world one listener at a time. Um, I am Paul. Stairway fight was cool. Stedman, and to my left, as always, Joe. Hallway fight was better. Peters. Yeah, I don't know. I think the stairway fight was a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I because th- I think the hallway fight just because I knew it was one take and they had to use a daredevil and a daredevil stunt guy. Like I was, that blew my mind. So yeah, if, as if you guys couldn't tell, this is going to be a daredevil centric episode. Um, not necessarily like a full on Batman episode, but a no. lot of daredevil. Yeah. So, um, we got we we were talking about actually just taking the Batman sound effects and intro episode and just making it all red. Yeah, it's coloring it red, so you guys could be like, "Oh, this sounds different. It sounds more red. It sounds redder." Yeah. So, um, a lot of things to talk about tonight. I just want to get to real quick because, uh, on a personal note, um, I did go to uh, Cinema Wasteland. I've, I've talked about it before That's on the right. show. Yeah. Um, it happens every six months in uh, Strongsville, Ohio at the Holiday Inn there. It's a B-movie exploitation, 50s, like whatever, horror movie convention, right? Went there. Um, I faced my fear. I, did, I met, <laughs> I, um, I, I met uh, Mr. David Naughton, who uh, played David. So that must be easy. Be like, oh, it's the name I get to. Yeah, name. I always wonder that about actors when yeah. they're they're playing characters that are their names when people address them. And so he played the, the lead in American Werewolf in London, which I've talked about on the show, being that movie that creeped me out as a kid and how I, I faced my fear in the Twelve Hours of Terror, being the last movie of the night. Mm-hmm. I get to meet the guy that you know was the werewolf. From did you, in, what in, did you tell him? What did you talk to him about? I I, I said to him, I was like, sir. I just need to let you know that I saw this movie when I was a child. I was traumatized. I, it's like I cannot. I just I basically just said that this movie and like The Exorcist are like the two I cannot watch by myself still. And he he's like, well, he's like, uh, he's like, well, I'm glad I could traumatize your childhood. <laughs> so like he was a class act. Like dude was oh, like yeah. like total like you know this professional like super nice. Um, I just but it's just one of those things where I didn't want to like gush and be fanboy, but it's you know I, I think in a weird way that's a compliment to be like what you did affected me like as a kid and growing up, like I cannot unthink that. And he told the story about how he had all these different still photos, like, you know, that you could buy and have him sign. And one of them is, um, from one of the dream sequences where he has like yellow eyes and like fangs. So I think he's like lying in a hospital bed in, in the woods. Cause it's, you know, a dream sequence. Um, and he said that there was a couple that bought it and said that they will keep that out of sight until their kids like, like, you know, grow up. And he's like, well, how old are your kids? They're like, oh, like five and seven. He's like, you're going to be hanging on, hanging on this picture for like 10, 15 years before you actually put it out for people to see. He's like, that's a long-term investment. So this is kind of funny. Um, but he signed a, um, a one sheet, like smaller, um, like we got from like Wizard World, like the smaller prints, okay. like the, whatever size you call those. Um, of of the American Werewolf, and he decided to beware of the full moon, and I was just so so happy about that. That's awesome. Uh, but then later that night, uh, I was walking the hallways <laughs> with um, some friends, 
And my one buddy, uh, Terry, he missed the show that day because he had other commitments. But I was telling him, I was like, oh, yeah, I got to meet David Naughton. He's like, oh, that's cool. And as we're walking around, um, he David Naughton comes out of the elevator. He's on his phone, like just you know doing something. And like he's kind of behind us. So I kept trying to get Terry's attention, like try to tap him. I was like, Yo, Terry, Terry. Terry, yeah. like, but I wasn't trying to make it obvious because this guy, you know, he did his thing. He doesn't need yeah. people, you know. I don't want to be that guy. But then we turned the corner, and he was like, "Yeah, I knew it was him." I'm like, "I was like, well, you got to be careful. It is the nighttime, you know." It's like, you know, if this had been a British like subway tunnel, we would have been dead. Like that, <laughs> like so. Um, so it was nice. It was cool to meet him. I uh, just kind of put that out. Like I didn't even know that was a part of my like wish list of like people to meet, but that was cool. Um, there was uh, the movie that they were celebrating because they usually pick a big movie to get like a cash reunion for was a uh, street trash, which Joe challenged me with the wheel of death. Yes. Street trash was on the, was the first wheel of death. Um, I think it was, I think actually. it was part of the first wheel of death. And, um, did you, we have a mutual friend that actually is a big street trash friend. Did you, did you, I told him that you the, told yeah, him. Yeah. So what did he know. say? He thought it was funny. I don't think he showed up though for no, the reunion. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the, the cast was there. Um, they had like a Q and a thing. I didn't, I didn't do that, but there, the one, there's one guy who, uh, you might remember Joe in the middle of the movie. It was just a guy working the door. He had a banana in his hand, and it made no sense why he was eating a banana. Mm-hmm. That guy's name—he's an actor named James Lawrence. He was the 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 crazy mad scientist guy in Frankenhooker that put together the Frankenhooker. I know you know the I name. Think, yeah, I think you talked to it, uh, about it before. Um, but that's like one of Mary's favorite movies. And so, um, what was it last in Wasteland the one before the the the, the lady that played the the main the role in Frankenhooker? She was there, so Mary got to meet her and was really happy. But then I point out to Mary's like that's the guy that was. <laughs> The main guy in Frankenhooker, and she lost her mind. And went over, start talking to him, and he's just, just totally just like you know being this really smooth, really like funny guy. And then he's like, "Oh, I'll come back here for a photo." And then he gets down on one knee and proposes to Mary. And I was like, "Well, shit, that, there goes that." Because oh. I mean, you know, famous actor man, fa- famous. I mean, he has all that Frankenhooker money. Like, there's no way that I'm going to be able to to land that now. So, yeah. so I have photos of her being proposed to by you know a guy that just put la- ladies parts together to make a. Frankenhooker, a, a Frankenhooker, you know, like that's, I mean, that's high art. So, um, but yeah, I thought it was funny. Like it's just, it was a good time. And then also at one point in the evening, I was chasing Mr. Kevin Hornsby of Radio Violenta down a hallway with a Nerf dart gun as he wore his luchador mask. So that was, uh, we were playing the most dangerous game, which was hunting, you know, <laughs> hunting luchadors. Yeah. And I remember I ran up like two flights of steps and of course I'm dying. And then he disappears and I just see, a. uh, a hotel door, hotel room door open, and then I just see a luchador mask poke out. Like he's looking down the hallway. I just hope to never forget that moment in my life. So that was that was pretty fun. That's funny. Um, but yeah, I got to meet um, the you know, the gentleman who who probably is not a werewolf in real life, but he played one and it terrified me. So that was that was a good time. Um, also, this weekend was WrestleMania, and yeah. you watched it. I watched it, but not together. Yeah, we were not holding hands, unfortunately. Watching no. it. WrestleMania was pretty good. Um, you did watch it with the champion, Tim. I did watch it with the uh, Invasion of the Podcast world champion. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it was it, it was a good WrestleMania. Um, the main event was pretty lacking. Uh, I thought everyone expected. Yeah. I actually didn't even watch the main event because, like, it was getting late and I had to go home. And my buddy's allergies were acting up over it at uh, the place we watched it at. So we kind of were like, let's just, you know, dip out. Nobody really cares what happens with Roman uh, Roman Reigns and Triple H, so we left early. Well, okay, so uh, and, and and we talked a lot about wrestling last week, so we're not going to get into it a lot this week. I promise. We're talking about other guys fighting, not those guys fighting. Mm-hmm. They had the big star they walked out on, right? That was like like had a video screen kind of thing. Yeah, that was definitely something that the Dallas Cowboys had to have worked in there somehow. Yeah, but like the thing had like you know it, if you from overhead shots you saw different things, mm-hmm. and when Roman Reigns came, Roman Reigns came out. 
he kind of stopped in the middle of the start because it was rehearsed. And then he, I don't know, he has this move where he cocks his fist and then yeah, slams it in the ground. That. Like, why are you cocking your fist? Like, I don't, there's not a gun in there. And, but when he hit the ground, it looked like all the earth shattered. It's yeah. like, you know, I'm sorry. That's not really a good looking move, you know? And, no. and also, I now realize that if your two moves are a Superman punch, which is you, you, you jumping up in the air and punching someone in the head, and then also spearing somebody, which is just throwing your head at somebody's gut. Mm-hmm. Those aren't really good moves. No, I feel like he's a button masher. I feel like Roman Reigns would be me totally as a wrestler. He's a he's a, man. They're they're on their way to push him to becoming a heel, which he needs to be. Yeah, like because if you notice, they changed his entrance. He doesn't come through the crowd anymore. Yeah, so they're definitely going for a heel push with him. Which I learned some interesting stuff about Chris Jericho being a heel. He does a similar thing when he when he's been, when he's a heel. They actually take all his merchandise out of the concessions okay like he doesn't want anybody wearing his shirts when he's a heel <laughs> so he won't you, like if you go to a, an event you want a jericho shirt and he's a heel you can't get one at the event um the other thing he does is he doesn't do anything that'll cheer him like his countdown when he comes out they just okay. break right into the the intro music so it's kind of interesting that the personas that they they change up and and for the entertainment value i, I didn't i didn't i didn't know that about jericho i thought it was kind of cool okay that is interesting i i don't know i thought like considering that what little they had to work with in terms of main roster stuff there were some interesting things they did um to me the women's match was the yes. best match of the whole night the the three the triple threat. triple threat yeah and they got rid of that stupid butterfly belt yeah, they like, actually have a women's championship belt. And it's just it looks just like the world title. It's just red, which I yeah. think is cool. And so. I think that's fine. So, yeah. But uh, uh, this, it'll be interesting to see how everything goes forward story-wise. Now it has, has its goddamn hooks in me, so I'm going to keep paying attention, unfortunately. By the way, though, the WWE app is only nine ninety nine a month, <laughs> so like you should totally check that out. I was out. like... Oh, I, I can't remember. We were talking about something. We were watching it, and I'm like, "Where's Paul to pitch this app?" Like, yeah, right. Like, I mean, I don't even like. I just, I'm not a good salesperson of a lot of things, but that that that's a good value. You should check it out. So, enough about wrestling. Um, well, yeah. Anyway, so we'll just get to we have we have some news, then we have some other uh, interesting things here. So uh, we have some facts. We have some facts coming up. everyone good news everybody you are now deaf so congratulations playing on with that. the sound yeah um i don't know what's going on i if i've killed people there i apologize in advance i didn't think it was loud um i, I thought it was a lot for maybe i'm getting older i don't know um but you know also the spoiler alert button's coming back yeah and actually we have we, uh, we have a story we'll talk about in a second that's going to be busted out so be on the lookout for that. Um, first bit of news here: uh, supposed concept images have leaked for God of War Four. Um, they're showing a uh, Norse mythology where Kratos is—I don't know who he's angry at, but he's going up to all the Norse gods now because Kratos fought all the Greek gods. Sorry, no, the you know, Greek gods. Or Rome, yeah, yeah, because the Roman, whatever, same thing. So he, he killed all of That'd them. That'd be funny if he comes back and it's the Roman gods. Yeah, it's just like Ares. I thought I killed you. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm Mars. Yeah. You know, like deal with it. Yeah. It's like that's not Zeus, that's Jupiter over there. Good good luck with that, you know. So um we just took different it's like it's like witness protection for the gods. They just changed yeah, their names. For Kratos. Yeah. Witness protection from Kratos. They yeah. just rename that that's an actual valid story of why the Greek gods <laughs> were changed to Roman god names. Yeah, shh, don't tell him. You know, He's off fighting all the Norse gods. Yeah. So we don't know the context of the story, but I mean I like the idea that like because there's a lot of warrior type uh like gods and Norse Norse mythology. 
So that'll be fun to have, like, you know, Thor, Odin, all mm-hmm. that good stuff. Um, but the, so supposedly the, the images that were leaked showed a Kratos with, like, a beard and, like, axes as opposed to, like, the, the Blades of Chaos. I don't know how that's going to play out. I like, I like the idea that he's a constant. Like, I, I like that he's kind of like, screw you. I don't care what where I'm going mythology-wise. I'm taking my weapons with me. So we'll see. I mean, but he's also used different weapons in the gameplay, too. So I... I am excited because this isn't the first time that they've actually used other mythologies in God of War games. And Chain, Chain of Olympus, the PSP game, the first one, mm-hmm. he fought an Ifrit, which is like an Arabian fired oh, okay. djinn, and he actually got its powers through the entire game. Okay. So that so I like that they're kind of already opened the door that it's like, oh, you guys believe in these gods? I'm just going to come and kill them all. So just deal with that. So I would have loved to have seen an Egyptian always, mythology game with him going yeah, through all of them. That's what like I think back when God of War 2 came out, I was like Eventually, he's going to kill off all of Greek mythology. I'm like, he's going to have to go on to other pantheons. And I, I called that like years ago. Yeah. Thinking that they would bust into Greek mythology, Egyptian like mythology. Like South American with all like that stuff. That'd be really cool. Like mm-hmm. just, you know, I don't know. It's, it would be neat if it's just like he wipes out all of, of belief just because he's angry at something. You know, that would be, that'd be a hell of a way to go. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited. I, I love God of War. I've played every God of War. I have not finished Ascension. I don't know why. I think it's because it's a prequel. I played the one, two, and three. I didn't play any of the uh, the little guy, the PSP guys. Oh, they're awesome. They're yeah. really, really good. I I enjoyed those. So, but yeah, give me give me more Kratos. Give me like I'm not normally a bad guy fan, but for some reason I really can kind of get on his side for a lot of the stuff that makes he's him. Not, mad. He's like an antihero. He's not a bad guy. Yeah, you, yeah. I mean, later on though, it's like, dude, you've proven your point. You need to back down a little bit. No, but I love that like. They've they've brought in um, Kevin Sorbo to verse Her- the voice Hercules when he fought yeah, him. Yeah, that was cool. And then um, Mark uh, Hamlish was the voice of uh, Harry Hamlin. Harry Hamlin, not Mark Hamlish. Sorry, Perseus. Harry Ham- yeah, he's Perseus. So that's Perseus in Clash of the uh, Titans. Clash of Titans. Yeah. And they even had um, oh Superman's mom was the voice of uh, Hera um, uh, from Superman, the, the new Superman. What's her name? Oh, Diane Lane. Yeah, she. I think she was the voice of uh, Hera. Okay. Uh, so they got in some uh, some really cool casting for that, and I really I, I enjoyed that. So God of War, bring it on! I just I love. I'm also like not really good at fighting games all the time, so I love the combo systems in those games. With like you feel like a badass even if you're not doing anything because the chain blades are going all over. So you're like, I'm doing something. Not really. It's great. I get to spin in a circle like. <laughs> Throw some fruit in here. We'll get a salad it'd be, going. It'd be a good time, you know? Yeah. And, and and I just hope they also bring back that one poor soul that Kratos keeps coming across and killing repeatedly. Like, that poor guy. Remember the first game? He had the key. So he, like, so he ripped it off his neck and threw it down the neck of the Hydra. And then he came back later as a soul that he ends up like killing. Like, this poor guy keeps showing up through the series and just gets murdered each time by Kratos. And all he he's just wrong place, wrong time every single time. It's like <laughs> the only comedy they allow with Kratos is this guy showing up over and over again. I don't know. I feel like they they... They have a little bit of comedy. Well, with with the mini game, yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, what are we going to do? Yeah, I'm sure they'll bring that back too. So I'm excited. That's that's good to hear. It's kind of kind of a not surprised that Sony would come back to God of War. You know, yeah, because um, especially if we were talking about how they're going to try to do cross platform play. Yeah, and we talked about uh, how they they really need to lean on their exclusives, and this is a Sony exclusive. Yeah, and also oh. considering that like um, Uncharted is about to wrap up, I know Naughty Dog wants to be done with Nathan yeah. Drake, so they need to bring out another heavy hitter. You know? Well, I'm so. sure Naughty Dog once they're done with Uncharted, they'll just roll back into Last of Us. Yeah, I, again, the, the, so I'm, I'll be excited for God of War to get my vengeance. I on. I think then, Last then, of Us might make me get a PS4, but I don't think God of War is going to make me get one. I might just come over and watch it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll live stream it, aka you just sit here and just watch me play it. Yep. 
So excited. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, you had a bit of news. Oh, yeah. Tying into uh, mythology. Um, so oh. recently. Got to hit the button, everybody. Be careful. Is, Watch this out. is a spoiler. Yeah, this is a spoiler. Spoiler. Well, spoiler alert. D- okay. They don't even really know what we're spoiling. Oh, well, it's, now, <laughs> now they know. Okay, well, I, they can turn it off if they want. So recently... Um, <laughs> Just skip ahead about five minutes, people. Yeah. So recently, DC announced that they were going to reveal the identity of the Joker. Beforehand, nobody really knew the Joker's origin or, or his identity. Um, and recently in the Justice League series, uh, Batman, uh, during the Dark Side War, he came across a chair. Um, <laughs> yeah, a throne. It just I, like you said. You told me the story was a throne, but you're like he just came across a chair. It was a really comfortable chair. It was a Barco lounger that had knowledge in it. <laughs> so uh, he basically this this chair this throne. Sorry, he uh, he was able to ask it questions and it would tell him the answers to things and in, in, in whatever he wanted to know. And he tested it to see how it would work, and and it knew who killed his parents. And Batman doesn't know who killed his parents, but uh, he asked it what the Joker's identity was, and it told him. But only Batman knew for a short while. Well, recently in, I think, Justice League 44, um, it's speculated that the Joker is actually the Greek god of laughter, Gleos. Um, Which Kratos is coming for. Yeah, so I think that ties in interestingly enough. Now, that's something that was, you know, some people are saying it's speculation, that's what he is, but that's basically kind of what he heard. Um, And then uh, I guess like Wonder Woman kind of, not confirmed it, but she explained who who he was because of her ties to like the Greek gods and things like that. It just feels like they're it, like they're just like oh, it's our Loki, and I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, and a lot of people are like the Joker's not really a god. I don't know why they're doing this, and and I agree. I think I think it takes some of it out of it if you make him a little more supernatural, which I don't think he needs to be. And what I would worry about more is if they do go with that origin, then it's going to give them more free reign to do more mystical things with him, which I don't want to see them do with the joker no like the, the the reason he has worked for i think as a character for me is that he is just like batman in the sense that he's just a regular guy yeah and uh you just don't know what he's thinking which is what makes him scary and a formidable opponent so like he could be like like the way like jack nicholson's joker was and batman where he, he told really bad jokes all the time but his eyes never like strayed from what he wanted to do. Yeah. Like he would just disarm you by being terribly tacky and telling bad jokes, but he would always have like a knife to your back. You know, like that to me, that's, that's much more in line with like, you just don't know what he's going to do. It doesn't matter what kind of powers you have. If he's already a step ahead of you, then it doesn't matter. You know, like, and that's just, we'll you, see how it pans I out. I mean, with the speculation, a lot of people are saying, no, that's not what it is. And, and we'll see if, if DC changes it up. But as of currently, that's what they've kind of revealed. No, well, I, I guess I can't fault DC for those kinds of things because Marvel does them just as much. I mean, remember, like you had the whole cosmic Spider-Man run where he started, yeah. you know, the powers cosmic, and that it's like, oh, suddenly he could fly, and suddenly he could do all this other stuff. I mean, it was temporary, but it broke Spider-Man for a bit. You know, like yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. So I anyway. So good on them if they if they can if they can make it compelling from a story standpoint. Cool, but. So far, he told me that Batman sits in a chair and finds out the Joker's a god. That doesn't sound like the best, like the thing I'm in. in, in, in like, I don't really want to read that. Like, yeah. it sounds like I was make, I was writing a script. It's like, Paul, this is the worst thing I've ever read in my life. Like, I'm sorry. I screwed up. I screwed up Batman with the talking chair. 
um, the world's greatest detective chair. That's what's, you know, <laughs> um, anyway. So other news um, I wanted to just uh, go over uh, briefly here. Uh, Admiral Akbar, uh, Eric yeah. Bowersfelf, dead yeah. at 93. I saw that on yeah. Sunday. Like mm-hmm. uh, the known for, it's a trap. You yep. know? No more traps. You no, got him. The, the, yeah, the one, the, the one trap that's going to get us all. You know, there you go. Also, uh, Jason Wingreen, the voice of the original Boba Fett, passed away. Really? Yeah. Um, he, he voiced him in the Christmas special, then also in Empire Strikes Back. So he was the first voice of Boba Fett. Um, Akbar was 93. Boba Fett was 95. Well, re- respectively. Wow. Yeah. So, that's, you know, that's crazy that they, I knew, I know that they used a different actor for Boba Fett's voice mm-hmm. other than using Jeremy Bullock for the actor, actor, just like David Prowse for Vader. Yeah. But uh, they do that a lot with Star Wars. I wonder why. I don't know. I just, I know the, the whole, I read a little blurb about, um, uh, Mr. Bowersfelf and he, they were kind of all these bit parts and they're like here just read something so he was just like okay sure and he kind of made up the the voice on the spot and no one realized how like that would get so ingrained in pop culture until later and he didn't even know that he had a fan base till people started writing in letters to him and asking for his autograph the people would stop and have him say it and it's like you know and he even actually did the voice of akbar and the force awakens that brief little bit they got him to come in and do that so that was nice, you know, that they had him voice. Well, yeah, that. I could definitely tell that it was it was Akbar, like yeah. in, the, in the one part. So now I'm really curious, like what they're going to do because I, I don't know if if Akbar's off the table now for eight and nine. Well, like Mel Blanc, I mean, there's still Bugs Bunny, you know, there's still Daffy Duck, there's still Mickey Mouse. I mean, you'll find somebody, right? Right. This is true. Like, I mean, I'm sure Billy West is out there to do a voice, you know, so (laughs) he's available. Right. So I still though, you know, rest in peace. Those guys, they shaped our childhood and it was just odd that they, they passed so close to each other. Yeah. I blame the empire, but uh, that's just me. Um, Well, I blame the empire for Akbar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, you know, maybe, maybe what you find out is that Boba Fett actually, it wasn't of old age. It's just that the Starlight pit finally got done with them. That was it. Right. (laughs) Uh, just like, it just took a while. Um, so uh, other bits of news here, um, briefly, um, uh, it was a 20th Century Fox has announced, uh, and this is a little older, but I want to get to say it, Alien Days 426. Yes. Uh, L- that, that is a Tuesday, so we could challenge ourselves to do it that Tuesday and have an Alien show. LV246? Yeah. Or and 426. It, uh, you wouldn't take much arm twisting for me to talk about Alien for uh, I know. an hour and a half. Yeah, I mean, look look forward to that, because I think that sounds like a good uh, cast that we could do. Like, it will look like an innocent podcast you put in your ears, and then you're like, oh, something's wrong with my uh, chest. Uh yeah. yeah. So, uh, but the cool thing about it, there's so much stuff that they're going to release. Um, so, like at the time, like I know Alamo Draft House, they're doing like special screenings and giveaways. Uh, Funko is releasing a Queen and Power Loader figure set with their um, whatever they call their throwback line of toys. Like we saw those the um, the like my my Marty McFly I have. It's that it's that's Funko. Oh, re- that's uh, not, real action. Yeah, what something like that reaction. Yeah. Um, so it's not the pop figures. It's more like the actual recreation action of the figures. toys. So I'd probably get that. Um, there's going to be an audible on audible.com. There's a radio drama called alien out of the shadows with Rucker Hauer, like doing part of a radio drama. It's going to be a whole new alien story. Ooh, that's cool. That sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, Rucker Hauer. Uh, right. You know, you got Roy Batty finally coming to the but alien like, universe. One of the things I love about Rucker Hauer is his voice. He's so kind of chilling. Yeah. So it's perfect. I'm, I'm excited for that. Uh, DC and dark horse are partnering up to re-release ba- Batman versus alien that the, the, the small comic run they had like 10 years ago. So that's that's cool. Uh, Zen Studios, the, the people that do all the the Xbox and PlayStation pinball games, they're putting out an alien themed table 
that day. That might make me have to go out and buy Zen Pinball because uh, it makes me wonder, like, will there be, like, a large alien head and then the smaller one that shoots out the multi-ball? Like, I don't know what's going to happen. Or it hits your ball and takes it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's going to be – that'd be cool. It was like the power loader grabs them. Oh, my goodness. Because, I mean, it's, it's all digital, so you can do whatever you want, right? But that'd be fun yeah. to have all that. Um, so, like, what – what started the Alien Day? Because I mean, we've always had four twenty six. Yeah, it's true. I think a lot of it is because there's been some fan stuff that's been going on the past couple of years. But because since May the fourth has been so big, exactly. I was just going to bring up May the fourth, and then Back to the Future Day did so well that they're like, well, why not? Back actually, to the Future Day was just one day. That's true, but I mean, it had such a positive reaction that like if people have been kind of always saying four two six is this kind of the unofficial Alien Day, then I, I think that Fox is like, well, why not kind of get behind it. And also with um, Covenant coming soon, you not soon, but in production. Yeah, like why not? Why not? Like kind of work off his good graces and kind of do that. Right. Well, that'd so, be cool. I'm like more. I'm I'm all for an Alien Day, like as a reoccurring holiday theme. And oh, and oh, Reebok's also putting out the 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 shoes that um, Ripley wore. The high, the high, like the bug stomper. Like I want them. I could never. I couldn't pull them off, but I want those shoes so bad. Um, they're probably cheaper than the the Back to the Future shoes. Do you they think they're acid resistant? They better be like, you know, um, so uh, I just thought it, and Loot Crate is also putting out an alien themed, uh, like all aliens, like Loot Crate. So I might have to jump on that too. Uh-oh. So yeah. <laughs> Make me fire the subscription back up. Yeah. Right. So like after I shut it down for forgetting all the time. So uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. It'd be a lot of fun. Maybe we'll do a whole alien show. Maybe we'll figure out something to tie in. I don't know, but uh, th- I just want to announce Alien Day. That'd be great. Uh, last two bits real quick here. Uh, one, uh, Animaniacs is now on Netflix. No Woo. new story there. Just got to let you guys know Animaniacs is now on Netflix. Like, there, there's still some good humor in that show. I think it was on Crackle for a little while because I remember uh, we would watch it, and I I don't ever pay attention to what streaming service is running, but I was like, it's streaming from somewhere. <laughs> um so yeah, I'm gonna, I, I know the moment I tell Mary about this, she'll be really excited about it. So, um, and then also last bit of news, just because it's just odd, the the house from Sansa Lambs is up for sale, Buffalo it, Bill's house. Yeah, but it's like it's is like it, an hour south of Pittsburgh, so it's actually not too far away from where I went to college. Uh-huh. And the reason it's kind of still up for sale is because the asking price is a little higher than the market value around it, and everybody's kind of like, why would we want this house in the middle of nowhere that like it's famous for being like the a home of a sewer killer. killer. Yeah. <laughs> What's the basement look like? I mean, the, the, I'm, I no, know the, it's a set. That was a soundstage. So there's no actual pit. Ba- there's no pit. Yeah. It's like, I feel like if you'd actually put a pit in there, then I might be it, more interested. It probably would shoot the value up. Yeah. Right. So I just thought that was funny. That's like, it's been on the market for like six months now. And everyone's like, I don't know about that. You know? So, yeah. So if you really want to get the science of lamb's house, it's for sale. You could probably, I know they're asking like, what was it? They said like, a little over two hundred thousand dollars for it, something like that. You probably put a bit in for you know, like a, a, like one fifty if you have money. I'm sure you can get it. Jeez. So, so uh, I know. So, Joe, you're gonna put a bit on the the Silence of the Lambs house. I mean, no, I'm not, good. <laughs> you sure? I mean, you know, you could just go out. What was the song you listened to whenever he was uh, dancing in front of the mirror? What was it called? Wild, not Wild Horses. I don't know what song that oh, is. Oh, okay, never mind. It, you should know. I hear you playing it all the time. <laughs> I dance in front of a mirror and do things. I don't want to get into what those are. So, all right, that's it for news. And now on to this. And now for our feature presentation. What? It's, it, it, I got You're weirded out by all the sounds I know. There, it's, I'm, I it's my hypersensitive little... hearing is what it is. It's Did you all... want to do our uh, our trivia? Or not oh, our trivia that's thing. that's right. Our facts. We may so... have jumped the gun here, but we'll slip this in here. Yeah, so before we get so... to the, the, the Daredevil, 
Um, well, this kind of ties into Daredevil it, it, a little bit. It does. So, so all right. Um, there's there's so there's a movie coming out, right? Yeah. Movie uh, coming out next month. Am I correct? Yeah. Uh, Captain America. Captain America 3 Civil War. Yeah. So we figured we would give you some uh, Civil War trivia. Just like we did for uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Leading up to that. So, so. Here's, here's some Civil War facts. The Civil War heated up as pro-registration and anti-registration heroes clashed in 2006. Led by Tony Stark and with the assistance of Dr. Reed Richards and Dr. Hank Pym, the pro-registration had begun to collaborate on many projects to contain the offenders of the superhero registration. They found their answer in none other than the Negative Zone. The three constructed an interdimensional prison dubbed Project 42, for that was the 42nd idea Mr. Stark had come up with. If not for a man by the name of Frank Castle, covertly retrieving the plans for this prison, the anti-registration heroes, who were aptly named the Secret Avengers, may have counted out their last days inside Project 42's walls. Turn tape over for side two. Yeah, I don't know where I dug that up at. <laughs> I don't know. It's a, that's a. I I love it. The, that's yeah. like it just. Uh, I I think those are some good facts. And that's important. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole documentary online about these. If you guys are into Civil War facts, you can look it up. Um, <laughs> uh, we're gonna we're gonna probably roll this out until the movie comes out. So yeah. look forward to some more Civil War facts. Um, here, here's a random fact for you. I meant to mention this at the beginning uh, with Mr. David. I'm a werewolf, not in. Mm-hmm. I I looked through his IMDb real quick. He was the voice of Mr. Fantastic in the first um, Marvel uh, Ultimate Alliance game. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I was like, oh, look at that. I got to meet got to meet Mr. Fantastic. He could stretch. He could turn into a werewolf. He could turn into a stretchy werewolf. I don't know what that means. It's just terrifying. I started playing, uh, speaking of Mr. Fantastic, I started playing uh, Lego Marvel Heroes, superheroes. The newest one or the one the, before? No, the one before. They have the Avengers one now. But oh, yeah. The one before, and it was only like 10 bucks. It was on sale on Xbox. So I bought it and I was playing it and I'm like, I didn't get too far, but I'm at the part where Cap and Mr. Fantastic are running around. But like one of the things that Mr. Fantastic does is he just turns into anything you want. Yes. I, I bought that for Mary when it came <laughs> out and I was watching her play it and it was, yeah, like, it was You'll was stand wonderful. on a little pad and press a button and it'll turn into a giant screwdriver. Like, like yeah, I, I, the Lego, the Lego games are so like, they just tickle me with some, and also like with that game in particular and not to go too far off the track, they get real, they get some deep cuts with some of those Marvel characters. You're like, why is the molten man in this game? That's so weird. You yeah. know, it's like, so yeah, I, I, I really, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, so before the civil war facts, I hit the, the, the middle bit here, uh, we're daredevil season two. Um, Joe just recently finished it. I, I binge watched it like um, a sad sack of crap on my uh, couch for a day. Yeah. Um, so. So uh, we're not going to get too deep into it if you haven't watched all of it, but we are going to talk about a, a lot of it, not specifics. If you feel like we're going to spoil it for you, you can wait. If not, keep listening. But we're not going to we're not going to tell you that that um Daredevil turns out to actually be able to see and he's Spider Man at the end. <laughs> Oh well, I was going to, I was going to not tell people that, but yeah, that that was there. Um, so, or that um, or that Green Arrow shows up and they start fighting. That would yeah. be, that would have been like, oh my god, Green that's Arrow amazing. and Batman. Yeah, just, <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Vigilante throwdown. <laughs> um, I um, 
I'm happy for a show that there was no plans of ever actually having a second season because the intent really what, they didn't have any. Oh, they the, were going to just roll it into Defenders. Yeah, the whole plan was to have like those standalone wow. one season each, and then do the Defenders. I think for something that um, I mean, maybe there was always the idea that if it was successful to do more, but the initial plan was just to have one off for all those characters, and now we have a second season of this, and now Jessica Jones season two is going to happen. Good. Like I know that. Yeah, and, Jessica um, Jones was really good too. Yeah. So for a show that didn't that felt pretty self contained for the most part, I mean. At the end of season one, um, you know, it, it you wouldn't even know that that the plan was to kind of cap it off and move on to the defenders. Um, I I liked the season a great deal. I feel like the tone of it, in terms of like from a binge watch, I regret that I tore through it. I almost wish I would have watched it in like three or four episodes at a time. I staggered it pretty good because, yeah. like, I think we were talking about it on um, a couple casts. Uh, the um the i got the girlfriend to watch it so like that helped me stagger it Mm because i wasn't just trying to watch it whenever i wanted to i'd have to wait for her yeah uh but i mean because you like you know you had you had a punisher arc and then you had an electra and Mm -hmm. then you had kind of back and forth and i had like something and towards the end and it's like but it still felt like they did a really good job of weaving the two characters into daredevil's story but not like making it where you watch an episode and then it's like it's like the Punisher wraps up in three episodes and it was just like, here, we gave him to you. Here he is. And then we're going to get back to the main story. It's like, he kind of like was in and out enough and it was interesting enough that like, cause I talked about this before, like a lot of TV shows where, you know, they try to like, like weave so much different plot in from other characters to, to like give you more for your money, I guess you could say, you know, instead of like focusing on the main plot that you're just like, Oh, like, like when I used to watch true blood, I think I use that example. Like, they would have a main plot arc with a lot of the vampires in True Blood. And then, like, all the little people that worked at the diner, they would have, like, some stupid side story that, like, nobody cared about. But they had to have those actors get scenes and get paid so that they can't justify them being there because they're only written in the book for, like, a paragraph. So, I and I know, I didn't watch True Blood, but when you say the bar full of little people, like, was it really, like, a bar run by little people? Mm-hmm. That's no. amazing. Oh, I was going to watch True Blood. Though. I'm talking like, about little people, like they, they're like minor ins- characters, not insignificant not to the story. Oh. Yeah, like, I was like, oh, you made me really interested in True Blood for yeah. a second. It's like, oh, okay. it's like, oh, the waitress is is dating the uh, the chef there at the bar, and now there's drama with that, and then all of a sudden their house is haunted. So now there's some supernatural stuff with those characters that nobody cares about. Well, and and, and the the one girl from True Blood is in Daredevil. That uh, yeah, Deborah. You, Ann said, Wolf. you said waitress or something, right? She was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She uh, well, she was a vampire actually. It was funny because like uh, she plays Jessica, like baby vampire in um, True Blood, and uh, well, I say baby vampire because she gets like turned and she's like only like a couple months old in the whole As series. As opposed to an infant vampire. Like well, no. My, as my perception to... of True Blood has changed considerably <laughs> since this, this few minutes. No, as, as opposed to like a vampire that's been kicking around for 150 years. But um, she, uh, it was funny because we were watching it, and my girlfriend's like, she's like, ah, I can't get used to seeing Jessica run around the daylight. I'm like, yeah, it is a little <laughs> weird. But yeah, she isn't. That's I never thought about that. Yeah, that is a good. Um, so uh, in terms of like. Uh, I I mean, you know, since you don't want to get into a lot of the spoiler stuff, I don't want to, I mean, I don't know how to talk about some of this because uh, there's, um, there's a pretty big, not turn, but there's a moment about about midway through the season that, like, I did not know was coming with uh, with a character 
showing up in the series that I was just like, oh, this is getting this is getting. Good. I didn't I didn't see that coming either. Um, and I mean, you can hit spoiler alert if this is this if you're that worried. Spoiler, spoiler alert. So I'm guessing you're talking about Wilson Fisk. Yes. So I didn't think Wilson Fisk would swing back into the series because D'Onofrio really wasn't heavily billed for season two. Like not at all. Yeah. Like, I mean, like so, there's... like there's there's a scene in in you know Punishers in prison, uh, doing you know whatever, and and uh, somebody asks to see him, so he gets taken to like the yard, and like D'Onofrio's there just like. Like with like twenty plates on like like lifting weights like the, lifting yeah. weights and it's just like I mean it, it puts it puts his strength into perspective which is good because like like the kingpin's not superhuman strong but he's strong as hell yeah uh, which which they do show you later on when he talks to to Murdoch in mm-hmm. the prison it's like that's a good scene too like it's a good just, scene like he he does like what I love about and you know and I don't want to get off on a t- kingpin tangent but I love love. Vincent D'Onofrio playing the Kingpin. He does such a good job of how he delivers his lines. He's methodical. And, like, calm until he's not. And it's, like, it's amazing how he plays that character so calm. And then it's, like, he's, it's, like, like a jack-in-the-box of, like, dynamite. Yeah. Like, he'll just explode and just, like, get super violent. And it's just, like, such a great character. Yeah. So then to find out that he is involved in season two in a couple ways, it's, like... Not that the not that the series not that the second season was bad because I liked a lot of it, but then the moment I was like, "Oh my goodness, he's back, he's yeah. back," and then just like his interaction with with the Punisher, which we'll talk about the Punisher more here in a second. It's like that was so good, and then also like what happens after that was so good, and it just uh, yeah, I was like it just took my interest right back up mm-hmm. like through the stratosphere. Again. It, like, it this definitely awesome. did like make me perk up because like as soon as I saw that end where his bald head pops up. <laughs> after he's done lifting weights and I realized it him I was like yes yes was um, like <laughs> yeah it's and so it makes me wonder like going forward however many seasons they end up doing how can how can the kingpin not be part of Daredevil each season you know he's, like yeah. he has to be like, I feel like he has to be in some fashion like if they're going to focus on crime in New York he definitely has to be the figurehead whether they decide to do it in like you know the cinematic universe or well I guess like TV is a cinematic user universe but if they decide to do it in the movie universe or if they decide to do it in the TV universe, I feel like he really needs to have a hand in it because he's so good at playing that character. And that character is crucial to like that that organized crime in New York. Yeah. So I, I was really happy about that. So then let's just we'll talk about like, you know, so the, they, they yeah. lead off really good, like like tying back into, um, you know, Matt doing his thing, like running around Hell's, Hell's Kitchen, beating everybody up. It was refreshing to see him in the costume, like, because you really only got a little bit of that in season one. At the very, very end. At the yeah. very, very end. So it was kind of cool. Um, and then, like, uh, you know, the Punisher showing up, uh, it, it, it was, like, John Bernthal played the Punisher so good. Like, it was, he, he played a character, like, you, there were times where it's like when you first meet him and you see everything he's doing, it's like you look at this guy as, like, a, like a huge antagonist, like mm-hmm. you, he, he comes across as a villain. Everything he's doing, but then like when he when you don't see him gunning everything down and he's talking to Karen or he's talking to Daredevil, it's like you see more of his humanity. But you still like it's like he almost tricks you. Like that's what kept happening with me is like I would sit there and I'd be like, oh yeah, this guy, I feel for him. And then all of a sudden it's like he's just going to town on some like like mobster with a butcher knife and you're just like oh my god this guy is a monster like you know he's yeah well i mean this showed like that he 
he acknowledged his own his own previous humanity and feels that he can't ever have that back. Yeah. And so, like anytime you get him to open up, it's like he he's it's basically just saying like you know. I can talk like this, I can behave like this, but I'm not, this is not who I am anymore type of thing. Yeah. And whenever you actually have him care for a second, he gets bothered by it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, by the way, I'm just going to stab this guy like seven times real fast in front of the camera and you're going to be terrified the entire time. Right. Like, it's just, and also he's just re- always tactically thinking. What? Like, that too, yeah. yeah. But I feel like he would always come back to normal. But then, like, it, like a switch, he would switch back to crazy whenever he was bothered. Like any type of like crime, yeah. Like the like um like he, like that scene. There's a scene where he's he's talking to Karen and he's in a a diner and they're having coffee and he's being real cordial to the waitress and like they're just you know having a conversation and and he's actually conversating with her about her love life kind of. Yeah, but then like as soon as like some some guys show up that are like, but you also realize that as the further it goes on, like he was aware of everything else going on at the yeah. time, and it's yeah, and then the way he is just like, all right, you don't want to see this. Yeah, he's like, you might want to take everyone in the back. Nobody wants to see this. And then like, <laughs> I remember after he was done, like, because that's the scene where it's just like, like he brutally took out both those guys, and um, I remember Karen came out of the back, and it's like her face. I'm like. I would probably have that same reaction if I saw what another human being did to two human beings like that. Yeah. Like Netflix uh, does not hold back. They definitely they push they push the violence bar very well, which I think America gets away with a little too much with certain things. Yes. Um but like not so much like the sex and stuff like that cuz I I know like, you know, nudity and things like that would definitely <laughs> kind of get more of more heat if they did something like that on on uh those series. Yeah, but it's just uh and it's interesting because it's like Disney, Marvel, Netflix, whatever. They're like you can you can show all this stuff, and they show some really graphic violence. Yeah, but you can't use the f word. That seems like the one weird. Like there's all this other language being tossed about, but they're not that I not that I need like the f word thrown out into all like, like just you you know Jessica Jones is saying that somewhere. You know yeah. that Frank Castle is using that in his verbal arsenal. You Kingpin, know he is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, what? Like, if you've gone this far, like in the first season, you show D- D'Onofrio smashing somebody's head in repeatedly with a door to a vehicle. Like, and you hear the noise. It's like, like really, language is that that's where you can't go. Like, right. that seems to be, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But um, so, uh, Bernthal is the Punisher. Great. Yeah. Like, they did a great job. Um, and then, uh, is it, what's her name? I can never say it. Was oh, the, the young lady was young. Um, yeah, yeah, the lady that played Electra. Anyway, Electra, Electra shows up. Jennifer Garner and um, <laughs> Jennifer Garner. Uh, Electra shows up in this series t- in this season too, um, which Electra is the love interest of Daredevil and Matt Murdock. Which a lot of times in the super superhero community, they're never one and the same. You know, like Thor will have Jane Foster, you know, who is a civilian, or um, you know, sometimes you'll have like Captain America has uh, uh, Sharon Carter. Who is t- kind of a superhero? She's a high or uh, a shield agent, but she's also who she is. So, like, very rarely do the superheroes ever kind of hook up with each other. Um, you know, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones do, obviously, but um, like Elektra and Daredevil are, are a complex relationship, and I think they did a, a pretty decent job trying to play that out in the the series here. And yeah. I think it'll I think it'll make more sense. How I don't want to say make more sense, but I think it'll play out better once season three shows up, you know, when she comes up again, because she continues to pop up in his life all the time. 
So. Yeah, and and also like I feel like if I if I go back and watch season two again, some of the there's some uneven character beats, and I don't know if it's just because of pacing or because when you figure figure out kind of what her backstory is a little bit, mm-hmm. maybe that adds up a little better because there's a couple bits here and there. It's like she she wants to be good for Matt, like she wants to be a good person for Matt. But she is just a stone cold killer. Yeah. So there's times where it's like, I'm I'm a nice person. Next slash, slash. It's like that's not really that's not being a nice person. That's being, you know. I understand that you have your day job, but you know maybe you need to reconsider that. Like it's really. I love how they this season they did that with both Elektra and the Punisher because the Elektra and the Punisher are very similar in that same sense because they're anti heroes. I feel like the Punisher is a well, little more. Well, they recognize like what's the most effective means to an end, and uh, like they have no qualms if that's in the way of their goal, they will take it out. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, in the comics, she's a trained assassin. She's she's meant to kill. Yeah. Um. She does. She does run the hand at some point in time. So the she, hand being the, the 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 secret super ninja organization. Yeah. Um, that's part of the Marvel universe. Yeah. So th- you know the if ninjas in the Marvel universe, it's the hand. Yeah. Which is uh. Which was cool to see them show up because they tie in largely with Daredevil a lot. Well, I was going to ask you about that. So in the later half of the season, um, there's a development where ninjas do show up. So you have Daredevil fighting ninjas, which is badass, no, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it starts to feel very uh, arrowy a little bit. A little like, bit. Because like, it's like you and, – and what I mean by that, if people aren't familiar like with Arrow, it's like those originally like this kind of – like gritty, uh, gritty for CW, where this guy comes back. He's like, I want to f- save my city, and he like goes around and takes out all these like these rich bigwigs. And all of a sudden, like this other archer shows up that's wearing black. And then there's like this League of Assassins. Sorry, yeah, League of Assassins. Yes, yeah, because they, they don't want to call them League of Shadows because that was interfering with Batman. Um, that's why they have the separate. Even though Rajah Ghoul's in charge of both of them, they had to change the names, which is weird. But anyway, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. So it was like kind of ninjas with bows, and then it kept getting weirder and weirder. And now, what was it, one of the most recent episodes of Arrow? A lady with electronic bees attacked a building. So it was a very, very sharp difference from season one to season three. And I'm I'm, I'm worried that like um, I don't think I'm worried, but it just feels like Daredevil took this time to establish the street level like crime. And then you have ninja fights, you know, and it's like, and these ninjas are able to mask their heartbeats and all this stuff. And that was kind of cool yeah. because no, it, it was cool because that does tie in with the comics and how they kind of combat him. So, yeah, it's, and it was, it was nice seeing like this guy who has super senses, like kind of actually be like, I can't hear them. So I really am blind to what's going on. Like it was really, it was interesting, but it's like, I, I mean, I don't know, like I'm along for the ride no matter what. It's just that it, it it didn't it didn't feel street level real to me compared to some of the problems he deals with. You're right. It it definitely wasn't street level. Um, like some of the street level stuff was was great and all, but like the kingpins put away, you don't have as much street level stuff. And with Electra showing up and um, you know, trying to tie more into with like what Stick was saying, you know, as a mentor mm-hmm. uh, with the war, you know, that's 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 like the hand. You know, those they're they're definitely gonna have to come in. I'm surprised they haven't like. They haven't brought Madripoor into it, um, and like brought up that like area where they're from and stuff. And that's kind of like the the fake uh, uh, Asian country that's like the home base for a lot of the hand yeah. and other stuff. And Wolverines had run-ins over there and yep. and things, right? So I'm, I'm sure that they'll probably hint at it. Um, which is like we were. I think was I joking with you on the show about how DC has? No, I was talking about this on Geek Eclectic. How DC has all these like, oh, we have Metropolis and Gotham, and Marvel's like, we have New York City. 
Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it always feels they do. like... Well, Marvel has their fake stuff. Like, you know, they have Madripoor, um, Latveria. Genosha. Genosha. I mean, yeah, but it's like... Sokovia. It, it feels like it's not as as often where it's like you have to have fake yeah. city names where it's like, what's the name of this city? It's Coast City. Why? Because it's on a coast. Okay, cool. All right. What's the city? It's Central City. Why? It's probably in the middle of some place. Yeah. It's Central City. Yeah, it just feels like we're just, just add city to things. It's fine. It's a good name. But... Um, <laughs> Here I, here I am bashing DC in the middle of a Daredevil segment. That's a uh, that's that's not right. But um, yeah. uh, no. But the season two was really good, and um, like I can't wait for season three. I know they got to get Bullseye in there sometime. So yeah, and you know, and if they bring him in as like a hired gun for for Fisk, that'd be cool because then he has his own like almost the exact same level of like just you know I mean. Bullseye is really good. I mean, he's. I mean, guy can throw anything on anything, right? Like he can. He's supposed he can to turn be, anything into a weapon. Yeah. He can't miss. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that will be that'll be interesting. I know the supposedly the rumor was Jason Statham was supposed to be Bullseye for season two, but then talks fell apart. He would be a great Bullseye. Yeah, I yeah. don't see why they wouldn't bring him in. That'd be a lot of fun. Um, the one thing I will tell you, like, like I was talking to one of my buddies, uh, and we, you know, came to the conclusion, like, the Netflix series is so cultivated now, like, like, Jessica Jones and Daredevil, um, that these are really the, the best storytelling pieces that Marvel can offer in terms of, like, these seasons are like reading a graphic novel. A graphic novel usually consists about anywhere from, like, five to nine comics bunched together, Mm. and it tells a story from beginning to end, and it'll give you like a story arc. This is basically what each season of these series are. And and it's like these shows were written specifically like a comic would be written where it tells a whole story. And it's great because that's how this format has worked for many years where Marvel and even DC will write a story arc. And they'll put it in one book and a graphic novel or a trade paperback that you could pick up and read. And that's what a season of Daredevil is, a season of Jessica Jones is. And then you've got their movies, which are pretty much, they're just their cash cows. Like, because the movies don't really flow like any type of, a, like, a full comic book. Especially the the bigger event ones, like, I know, like, Age of Ultron kind of started buckling on its own weight, you know, mm-hmm. like, because it was trying to set up so much. And it had the task of being a bridge amongst all the stuff, but trying to be its own story in which, you know, that's, it's unfortunate, you know, but, uh. You're right. Like it's weird that Marvel had to travel the route of making like legitimately well done films for people to get excited for it to come back to be episodic and put out nice smaller stories that are character driven. But it feels like it feels like it's kind of backwards they had to go that route. But I mean that's kind of what happened. But like these, like they'll do thirteen. They're order. They're they will order up. And you've wanted to talk about this too. Is they'll order up thirteen episodes for these Netflix series, which are perfect enough to get the story told and done and it's it's like you said it's episodic enough where it, it it tells the whole story and it gives you everything you need then you have like the cw with flash and arrow and legends of tomorrow and in flash and arrow they order up like 20 episodes a season it's it's like 23 it's it's um it's half a year it and you yeah know? it's like and um and, and they take way too long to get from point a to point b and they have a lot of stuff that they want to intermix which is fine because they do crossover stuff like that in the comics, but yeah, but like this season three of, of Arrow, um, the main bad guy is Neil McDonough playing a guy named Damian Dark, who he's been phenomenal in this this season. He's awesome, but there's literally like a bit in the season where he's like, "I'm giving you two months, and I'm coming for you." It's almost like he told like Stephen Amell, he's like, "You know, you get, you get a few episodes, go get a me. couple episodes it's of like, like go and do something like, else." Like my contract says I can only be in so many this year, so I'm going to be gone for a bit. 
playing dumb dumb dukin somewhere probably because you know i could cross over because that's who i am yeah. yeah but um and it's like and then he disappeared it's like you're the main bad guy and you're giving the hero a reprieve like it felt really weird and it's like they could have went they could have moved that story forward and barreled forward but they had yeah. a couple one-offs with like individual enemies which you know that's a tv show you gotta have some fun there but it's like if you're going heavy serialized then give me that you know and the flash too it's like zoom is the big bad guy but then suddenly it's like they kind of they kind of i mean for a show all about speed they put the brakes on every other episode and it's very they did it's very frustrating yeah the last couple episodes was uh weird how and it did tie back to zoom like he is trying to get you know flash is trying to get faster but um, but 20 is a long, 22 is pretty long. And, and I feel like they get it done with Daredevil. Like, I don't know what they could have kept going with in season two or even season one of Daredevil or even with Jessica Jones. Like how long would they have dragged out the story of her hunting down the purple man? Yeah. I, you know, I, I mean, I feel like as television viewers that we used to be, um, used to having seasons run half a year because that's the way broadcast used to be. Like you'd have your half year new content. They'd run reruns in the summer. And then you come back for a new set. And then so the idea of counter programming with summer seat, like mid season replacements and summer seasons that that didn't happen until like, you know, as we know it now, like where there's actually like a summer season, there's a winter season like um, like, for example, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. takes a break. And then the middle you get Agent Carter for a little bit. Even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a Marvel property, but it doesn't have the, the feel it, but it also does like twenty some episodes. Yeah. Yeah. But like what they try to accomplish it, it they don't they don't burn it out. In time to make it feel condensed enough, like Daredevil or Jessica Jones did. Yeah, like you know they could they could do a whole Inhumans bit, but then just end it after twelve episodes, and then let's create a new storyline. Yeah, let's create something where we're after Hydra again, or uh, well, they killed off uh, Strucker, which I can't understand why. Um, <laughs> and uh, let's have you know somebody pop up, have the Grim Reaper have pop up, or I know is it wasn't Madame Mask and Agent Carter. Yeah. You know, well, at least in the defense of Agent Carter, that those run about ten episodes, and there, that's it. And it's a whole storyline. And the first season was good. I here's my confession: I started watch watch the second season. I loved it, but then I let it go a little too far. Where I had episodes build up, and then Hulu started taking them yeah, from me. Yeah, that's and, what happened to me with the first season. Like I watched the first two season episodes of Agent Carter, and then I looked, and I'm like, the soonest one was like episode five or six, and I was like, oh. Yeah, so I'm missing one, and I'm kind of like, I want to watch that one episode, though. So I haven't gotten through and watched the rest of it. Yeah. But I liked it. It, it was more condensed and tighter. And I, and I feel like, you know, sometimes two hours isn't enough to tell a, a, a great story that involves a lot of character. But I feel like if, if you need more than 10 hours to tell a story, maybe you need to go back and look at what you're doing a little bit. Like um, like recently, Hulu put out that... um. Was the eleven twenty two sixty three the the Stephen King yeah. adaptation? And instead of making that a movie, which was originally the talk of it, they put out eight episodes, and um, like, and that's it. They're not doing another because I mean it was a standalone story. They just did so eight hours to tell that story, and I think that's a smart move. And um, and I think Daredevil's smart for realizing like, hey, we can only we have so much time, we can still have uh, uh, the the time for some quiet moments because you got to have some downtime. Not as in. Like everything, like the nice thing about that, Jessica Jones, like every scene has a function. Every scene moves the story forward in one capacity or another, but you can still have this quiet character moments while like in something like Age of Ultron, where you have how many main characters and you have to give them a moment to kind of shine. Right. 
and it's like and it gets lost because like you introduce a character like the Vision three quarters of the way through your movie, and you're supposed to give a shit about him at the end. It doesn't make sense, right? You know, and that's well, that's a tough. lot of that. A lot of that is the mechanics of like movie making and and deals with actors. Like I think I think that ruins a lot of storytelling because they have to pay these people to do something, and I don't know why we have to have somebody have screen time just because we're paying them. It just goes back to like I was saying about True Blood. It's like these actors are going to get paid so many. Yeah. Uh, dollars per episode it's like well we need to have them on here do more than than just be a background character to offer advice to the main character let's give them a whole story where their house is haunted and it's possessing dolls and bothering their children and this has nothing to do with the main plot you know so it, it's kind of like the same thing as is when you buy like candy and like a serving size is like two pieces but they give you 40 it's like <laughs> why can't i that's just that's a good that's a good way to put why it why can't i just get like a couple of pieces for like less money it's like well no we need to sell you this 5 dollar bag of candy so you get all of it you get yeah. all the actors so i think i think that i think that runs into a lot of problems with a lot of storytelling nowadays and daredevil did it really well they used everybody very, very, very better good. than even last season because last season there was a couple. There was a disconnect with uh, Foggy and Karen, where there was some weird stuff where they would be off drinking a lot together, talking. I feel yeah, I feel like that whole thing was they didn't know what to do with those characters. Yeah. They gave them more. I will tell you this: the things I didn't like about season two, Karen was starting to get on my nerves a little bit because it seems like she has a superpower where she can just wander into any type of job and then she could just no do kidding. it. I was going to mention that. It's and like, like you got hired into this law firm because you were a victim. You were almost killed yeah. because you were a whistleblower and then you just became a secretary. So you were an assistant. So you learned yes. all that. But then somehow you wander into a newspaper and say, hey, I know a story. They're like, here's an office. Start typing. It's like, right. that's not how you become that. Well, even even the stuff with the lawyer stuff, like she was showing up talking to clients at prison. I'm like, that can never happen. No. Like she's a secretary. She can't go meet with clients. And then like, um, yeah, this, the journalist thing was just bizarre how that guy was like, so here's your buddy that got killed last season. You can have his office and now yeah. you work here. And I'm just like. Can you at least give me like a formal job interview scene or just something with HR? It just like, gives me hope that I can just walk into some place and be like, "Hey, we cool." It's like, "Yeah, I'm taking that." Yeah, I'll start working there. You know, I'll just like maybe I'll go into Marvel Comics and be like, "Which one's my office?" It's like, yeah. "What?" It's like, "Oh, I have a story. I have an idea for oh, a story. I what was, is it?" I was doing some investigative reporting yeah. on one of your comic books, and oh, <laughs> it's like I have I have um, a 100 issue outline for Darkhawk, and I want to. It's going to happen, so I'm just going to sit down and start working on it. Here's issue one of 100. It's coming. Bear I mean, with me. I don't have a problem with the character and the way that she was She was kind of doing it in terms of like, you know, uh, Karen was like, she was moving the story along for you. But at the same time, it's like, I just need a little bit, you know, granted, th there's a blind guy that could fight ninjas, I know. But granted, <laughs> I need a little bit more explanation for, uh, you know, Karen just doing all these things with these different jobs. Yeah, like, I could even buy Jessica Jones saying, you know what, I have powers, I'm going to be a private investigator because no one could tell me no. But she actually, you saw as the series went on, like, she actually had, like, a legitimate tool set that she used yeah. not just like i could punch people i could lift cars it's like she went through a process and actually saw her being an investigator you know investigating right. well karen she did do that but it's like man you're getting a lot of reward for for what i don't know like i feel like if i knew you and one time you were being surrounded by a big controversy you're almost killed and you come to me saying hey 
I know more, I'd be like, I want to get as far away from you as possible because now I'm terrified that you keep poking your nose where it doesn't belong and something bad's really going to happen to you. Right. So here, have a seat in the office in which you ended up getting this guy killed pretty much. <laughs> you helped you helped get him killed. I know, Let's right? Be, uh, exactly. It's like, yeah. Ben doesn't care. I know he's dead and gone, but whatever. Nice chair. Karen, have a nice chair. That whole thing with Karen, and then the other thing was it was getting a little too air, like arrowy on the... Matt having secret side where everybody's just like, you know, his his vigilante life is getting in the way of his personal life, which is a classic story for every superhero, especially all the vigilantes. You know, it's like your your friends and your 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 family, you know, they want to know what's going on. Like even down to Spider Man missing school and classes and things like that. Yeah. But it was just getting a little too crazy, especially with him trying to date Karen. Like I felt that was a little unnecessary. Only because the tension with him and Electra was going to be there, and I didn't yeah. think that that was like the best moment to introduce like his relationship with Karen. Yeah. And so, but um, and, and one thing I this to, to kind of maybe put a pin into this, like it's a TV show in the sense that as Netflix series, it doesn't feel like a TV show. It feels like you're watching a long form movie. The cinematography in this thing is amazing. Like mm-hmm. the the color palette brightened up a little bit from season one to season two, and I think that was conscious because the first one felt very yellow. And very like dark, you know, and it was very this one. There's a little bit more pop to it. Um, the suit looks really good. Like I was worried that it wouldn't read well, but I think the suit looks cool. Like, I like he's the fighting. Suit. Yeah. Like, um, it, and it's I don't know. I just it looks. And he re- got the Billy Club. I thought that was cool. Like the in way the- they kind of gave it to him, though. I thought that was a little a little like this. If this is a video game, this guy's just like, oh, by the way, I've been working on this habit. Like, yeah, it's like unlocked. Like it felt really yeah. like Billy Club unlocked. Yeah. yeah. But like I liked, I did like that because like at the end of season one, was it Gladiator gave him the the, the, suit, the suit, and then and this yeah. one he gave him the Billy Club. You know, the Electra costume though was a little eh. On. Yeah, like like at first, like you could tell she was just kind of like I kind of put this together on my own, and then <laughs> like, when he takes her to go, I went get, to Assassin Goodwill. Yeah, so I'm like, <laughs> then he takes her to go get one made, and I'm like, it's not really that much different. No, so <laughs> he he didn't know. No. How could he know? He's like, let me just yell at this for a minute. I'll get like, I hate to say head. it, like the Jennifer Jennifer Garner electric costume was probably the best one. Well, and then maybe eventually, like the like like um, because I was wondering when the one part of her costume would come together, like because it's like it's Electra. She's known for something. She's known for something. Where's that something? And then yeah. the way they kind of introduced, I'm like, okay, that makes sense now. I was really worried they wouldn't get to do that. I kind of wish that they that they would have just been there all along because I don't like when they're like. Like the Jason Voorhees hockey mask thing, where it's just like, oh, I'm going to use this now. Like, yeah, I, I guess that's fair. But I just, I, I'm glad that they introduced it. And then also, so uh, the way that this the season wraps up, are you excited for a Punisher spinoff? That's the rumor. Yes, I am. I mean, I don't want them to get out of hand with this. If like they're going to be like, let's do. <laughs> Let's do so, let's do a Hellcat spinoff. Like, like you get a series, like, yeah, you get a series. Like, like let's not let's not spin everything off. But like, yeah, I would watch a Hell. I mean, I'd watch a Hellcat spinoff. <laughs> um, which I am really disappointed that Rachel Taylor, even though she was, it was supposed to be Carol Danvers, is not going to play Carol because she looks really good as Carol Danvers. I think. Yeah, she would because um, like her character is her character. Her character in the comic books. She's the stand-in sub- stand surrogate, surrogate friend, like surrogate the, the famous friend. Yeah. friend yeah. Anyway, and, and neither I'm not going to get sorry. that. Sorry, but yeah, Punisher. Oh yeah, I'd watch a Punisher thing. Yeah. So then, so then the rumor is as well because I'm so full, so full of rumors is that uh, there is the possibility, and what I mean, like they kind of like talked about and dismissed it that like a character like Moon Knight 
and so these other because Moon Knight, like, God, love me some Moon Knight. Uh, they're going to start introducing them like almost backdoor to these series to see how people like them, and then they might get their own. But then it makes me wonder how many standalone Netflix series do we need? Yeah, but we we need one more, and that's Moon Knight. We need that. Like <laughs> Moon Knight would be Moon Knight would be good. But I mean, like you could get into like Night Thrasher. You could get into like Cloak and Dagger. I think even Cloak and Dagger, even though they're pretty magical, would have a good street level presence in the Marvel universe. Like, what's the what's the harm of having like a good like you know give them like a really like a, like a small budget for like a ninety minute Netflix movie and say hey you're gonna tell. Like like some of these side stories and have some maybe not like maybe not the highest level of effects. Some of these guys you don't need high level effects. You need a good script, good actors, and a compelling situation. Because w- what I'd love to see if they do something like that is I would love to see Marvel keep a lot of these actors on retainer for a lot of the stories that they're going to spin into. Yeah, because like I mean like Civil War is going on right now, and you could you could tap into these people. It's like hey, you know, you guys want to make uh, you know like ten grand for like. 30 seconds in Civil War, just come in, put your costume on, trip over a garbage can, and you're done just so that people can see you on the screen. You know, yeah. Something like that. Because, I mean, that does sell to a lot of fans because then that resonates and they go back and then they'll watch that Netflix series. Yeah, like what if like the Defenders, like let's say it does well, which, I mean, I, I'm getting each series as it comes out, I'm getting more excited for the Defenders. This will be awesome. But let's say that like they do their little wrap-up story and then when Infinity War comes out, it's like, oh, by the way, we have the Defenders on street level in New York have to deal with all the fallout from the gauntlet and all the like the doppelgangers and stuff if they're going to hint at that. How great would that be to have like a, just a, a quick... Like you, here's you have Infinity War, but we have Infinity War Street level yeah. defenders. I'd be so excited for that. No, that's I, I like um, that. So, but yeah. Anyway, so Daredevil season two, I give it a ten out of ten. Devil horns. I don't know if that's really a rating system or not. Um, I, it's good. I have like I think I don't know if I love the season as much as the first. And I think the only reason why is because the first was so unexpectedly good. I like them, I think, equally, and I yeah. rarely can say that about some stuff. I just, I mean, just, I think because the first one caught me off guard at how well done it was and how good it was, that it just kind of blew me away. And this one was good, but I was expecting it to be good, you know? Um, and plus also more D'Onofrio in the first season, so that was amazing. But uh, if, you, if you guys have not watched it, I recommend checking it out. Season one, episode two has an amazing hallway fight that's all in one take. Mm-hmm. That's, like, it's crazy because... Uh, Charlie Cox, the actor, actually, like the way they do the choreography, he switches out with the stuntman back and forth that plays the double of Daredevil as him. Like they somehow make it work where it looks like he's entering these rooms and leaving these rooms. It is amazing. And then the second season, is it like the second or third it's episode? It's like the fourth episode. Okay. There's a stairwell fight that, that is, is badass. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So if you like good choreography and compelling characters, I don't see why you wouldn't want to watch this. I, um, which we were talking about Agents of Seal doing that because uh, yeah. Chloe Bennett is stepping up her game and playing uh, Quake. Um, no, the character Quake, not the video game Quake. Yeah, <laughs> she's sitting there with a headset on, um, doing capture the flag on it's Quake. Like, Spawn camper? Spawn, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I got a nail gun. Uh, so no, but she stepped up her game, um, doing scenes similar to that. She did an all one take room fight with like five guys in a recent episode of Agents of Shield. Well, because like her and I know Ming Na. Is also like really, really good at that stuff too. Like, yeah. I want to see more of that. So, like, yeah, I'm not caught up on Agents of Shield. A couple episodes behind. I've I'm been way so, behind on Agents. I'm Shield. so bad. Like, I spent like what was I've, I'm caught up on my on almost all my stories, but not all of them. So, um, 
But yeah, please let us know what you guys think. Uh, hit us up on our Facebook, Invasion of the Podcast. Our Twitter, Invading Podcast. Uh, Invading Podcast Gmail. Uh, let us know your thoughts on Daredevil Season 2. Hopefully it didn't spoil too much for you. Especially the part where Daredevil takes his mask off and he's actually Batman. Like that would, you know, that blew my mind when that actually happened. And and he lost his sight because he was so sad that his parents died in front of him. That's you know what's happened. really funny about the whole thing is like Daredevil would make more sense as Batman because he can't see. Yeah, like he's, he's a bat. He yeah, should, yeah, right. <laughs> so did you? Did you? Okay, quick Batman Superman aside. Batman's parents. Do you know who his dad is? Thomas Wayne. Do you know the actor that plays him? The, yeah, the, yeah. Did we talk about this on the show, or did we do something that we talked about separate? No, I know who um, I know who's playing his dad, and I know who plays his mom. Yeah, it was just funny because like I was in the theater, I'm like that. Is that him? And then I found out, I was like, man, that really spins everything. Because it's like, I don't know. I don't want to, I mean, it doesn't really spoil who they are. I mean, it's Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. Who is now playing. Negan. Negan. Well, somebody made the comment that like when you realize your mom is is Maggie and your dad's Negan. Yeah. That's funny. But I was just like, oh, Batman's dad was the comedian. And Zack Snyder likes killing the comedian at the beginning of his movies and puts all of this into motion. It's like. That blew my mind for a second. I'm like, that's like, but I'm thinking I almost kind of wanted Jeffrey D. Morgan as Batman then. Like that would have been amazing to have him be I like, like Jeffrey D. Morgan. Yeah. I, I feel bad that they used him in that way because he's played the comedian and Thomas Wayne. So yeah. it's like, I'm like, I kind of want to play another superhero because I like him. Like, it's like if only in Batman and Superman, if he had been thrown out a window, that would have been like, that would have been, been about perfect. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so enough the about that. The Clock King comes to his apartment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Times all his punches. Oh, that'd be... Oh, I kind of want to see that movie now. Um, that's <laughs> better than the one I saw. Anyway, so um, uh, to, to wrap up here, uh, something we haven't done here for a while. Um, it's not really a game, so I'm not going to play our wonderful water-spinning Triple H. Um, we do have our Netflix Wheel of Death that um, every so often um, I feel, I feel uh, that I should punish myself. And Joe's going to pick out some movies. He says he has eight of them. And I'm going to watch whatever it is that I end up landing on. And I'll report back next week. And I was kind of thinking, I don't know if you should tell me what the movies are first. And um, then... No, I'm going to I'm gonna do, we're going to spin it. And um, we're going to spin it. And then, then I you're will... going to tell me what I didn't get. Uh, wait a minute. Hold on. But he told me before he's putting the list together that there's one one good movie on there, one okay movie, because he wants to give me a chance of like a get out of jail free card, and then there's six that are just bad. So, yeah. all right, so you ready to to spin it? Yeah, I'm gonna spin the wheel now. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Five thousand bonus spin. This isn't spinning very well. Oh, okay. There it goes. Okay. okay. Oh. Uh oh. All right. Oh no. All right. So what did I not win? So you did not win. Um, let me actually let me pull these up here, so I can explain the movie. <laughs> All right. So the first movie that you did not win. <laughs> Okay, it's called Lady Ninja Kiedi 2. Sequel. Oh, well, I mean, the first one was okay. The first one was okay. This got one star. <laughs> this is not rated. It came out in uh, 2008. The description on Netflix is, Erotic and martial arts are a powerful pair of skill used by Kiedi, a ninja nun put under a sex spill by a religious cult. 
she tries to infiltrate. Oh yeah, I totally. Uh, I'm totally not going to just watch it by myself later tonight anyway. <laughs> um, the other one that you did not get was Turbo Kid. Oh, I actually do want to watch that. Oh, you could have got Turbo Kid. Yeah. Do you want me to read the synopsis? Well, synops- I, it, it's, 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 it's like a, basically it's an eighty. It's it's a recently made movie, but it's like it. It's as if an 80s movie was made about the future of like 1996 or something. Yeah. And it's like post apocalyptic kind of. It has um it has Rucker Rucker Howers in it, I think. No, it's got um uh, it's no um who's in it? It's well, Michael Iron, Michael Ironside is in it. Yeah. Um it but, sounds awesome. It played at the Capitol one night and I missed it cuz I just was not feeling well. Yeah, a teenage orphan in a post apocalyptic world scuffles for survival, but when his friend is threatened, he becomes a superhero to save her. Yeah, and he's like riding like a mini bike and everything, and it's like yep. it's it looks like a trapper keeper, like the cover, like it's on Netflix. I do want to watch that, but I will not watch it for the wheel of death. Okay. Oh, well, what if you would have got it? I would have watched it then. Oh, I would have okay. been happy. Uh, the other one we do, you did not get is Cowboys versus Dinosaurs. Damn it! <laughs> uh, when an accidental mine explosion releases dinosaurs, because that's where dinosaurs hide out. <laughs> It's just like, like, like the people that live around there. You're like, do you hear that? Like, what is? I don't know. It's just, uh, what do you think's down there? The, like, s- the citizens of an old West frontier town must defend themselves against the prehistoric menace. Did they have any type of archaeology back in the Wild Wild West? Like, would you know what a dinosaur was if you were back then, like hanging out like, back it, in the like, 1800s? The actual, like, if a dinosaur came running out of a, a mine, yeah, would you just be like, oh, that's a dinosaur? No, I don't know if like the common person would know what it is, they, but they would see an animal running out and be terrified. Yeah. Okay. An animal running out. Well, sure. I mean, if you saw like a brontosaurus, high tail or a triceratops, All you'd right. wonder why that cow has horns. That leather cow. All right. So the other one that you did not get is from 2014 called Vampire Academy. So at St. Vladimir's Academy, Rose Hathaway learns to navigate life as a damn fear, a half human, half vampire, and prepares to become a leader of the Mori. I heard that's actually okay. Like it's. It got. Two and a half stars. Out of so, 17. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. Uh, the other one you didn't get is Staten Island Summer. Oh, I've heard that's actually really good. Like it's you, yeah, it's you... not bad. Uh, it's basically uh, it's basically a take, I don't want to say on Wet Hot American Summer, but it's basically uh, Colin Jost, who is uh, one of the head writers at SNL. He wrote this movie about growing up as a lifeguard at a pool in Staten Island as a kid. Okay. So yeah, it's a very coming-of-age movie. It's got a couple of good jokes in it. Uh, Fred Armisen's in it. Um, Bobby Moynihan, Cecily Strong. So a lot of SNL people, uh, you know, basically. You got the 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 kid who's going on to college the summer before. He's going to party it up with his friends. And um, who's the guy? Mike O'Brien plays kind of like the antagonist boss of the okay. um, uh the lifeguards. The, the lifeguards, yeah, oh. at the swimming, the swimming pool, and he, he's always running around a speedo. Um, I can't remember what his name is. God, what was his name? <laughs> it was something really weird, like Vegas or something like that, or I don't know. Uh, and then the other one you did not get is Chef, which is a great movie. I did put that on there as the. Um, it's about a guy working at a small uh, middle school in South Park, Colorado. <laughs> Well, tagline no, is "Hello, children." It, it it stars no, it stars John Favreau. He wrote and directed it and starred in it. Um, and it stars him, uh, who, who, and it's a story about him being the luckiest man in the world because his ex-wife is Sofia Vergara and then his current girlfriend is Scarlett Johansson. 
Yeah, that's, that's how you write just, movies. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> but anyway, no, he uh, he's he's like he's like a famous chef. Um, he's working at a restaurant with uh, owned by Dustin Hoffman. Some stuff goes south. He kind of gets fired, and then he decides to buy a food truck and cross the U.S. with his son and kind of rekindle their relationship. So, and Iron Man's in that too, isn't he? Yeah, Robert Downey yeah. Jr.'s in it too. Wow, so this so. is like an unofficial Avengers like this, sequel. It's like an Avengers sequel, yeah. It's Happy Hogan makes food and yeah. It only is it Happy Hogan's Hoagies? Is that the name of the truck? No. Oh, which would be great. That'd be amazing. All right, so what you did get, and I know you're excited to watch this, is the Ridiculous Six. God damn it! <laughs> Son of a. <laughs> No, yeah. no, no. Oh, okay. And if anybody oh. doesn't know what Here. the Ridiculous Six is. Here, wait one second. Hooray! Hooray denied. No kidding. Oh, this is this is the Wheel of Death. It is the, Adam Sandler Happy Madison production signed like a six-picture deal with Netflix. This is the first film they put out. It is the highest, it's the most viewed movie on Netflix when it, for whatever reason. Also, like, critically panned, it's a two-hour uh, Western comedy where it's, like, Adam Sandler and, like, these other five guys, they're all, like, they're all, like, half-brothers of each other. I, I forget the whole, I, I know that it's, like, Terry Crews is in it, which I'll be happy about that, but it's just, like, basically Adam Sandler gets to make another vacation in the West movie, and it's supposed to be just... I'll read the little no. synopsis. When his no. outlaw dad is kidnapped, Tommy White, Nu- White Knife Stockburn sets off across the West on a rescue mission with five brothers he never knew he had. Son of a bitch! Yeah. So yeah, great. That's I'm gonna watch this. This Ab Sandler, damn you! This is twice that no, I've got. We gave him. Adam Sandler his own episode too. For yeah. <laughs> that's who we oh, oh man, Jack and Jill. Now this. I mean this. Okay, I'll watch it. That's it. All right. <laughs> were you really hoping that that's what I'd get, or were you hoping yeah. for uh, the the sex nun one? I was kind of hoping for the sex nun one. Yeah. I thought that was hilarious, but yeah, that's what you got. Oh, oh like <laughs> I got a wheel. I actually got a wheel. I can spin it. All right, so there you go. Next week, I'll report back uh, if I'm alive, if I've not killed myself watching the ridiculous six, uh, or died with my eyes repeatedly rolling into the back of my head. Like, I have all this joke about Daredevil being blind. I'm suddenly going to blind myself watching this this Adam Sandler movie. All right. Anyway, um, like I said, please hit us up on social media. Um, please rate us, like, on Stitcher and iTunes. Like, uh, like give us, like, five stars or whatever the max is. Cause yeah, be helpful. if, you're, if yeah. you're listening to it on any of those formats, take the time to yeah, please the stars. And if you like the show, please share us on Facebook. And then, like, you know, you tell two people. They tell two people. They tell two people. And so It'd still on. be like a so pyramid on. scheme of awesome is what this would be. Oh, so. a pyramid scheme. Yeah, right? We get money from a pyramid scheme, don't we? Well, I mean, eventually. Like, oh, we'll, okay. we'll, we'll eventually turn that money hose on that we've been, all that podcast money that <laughs> the we one that we've been stepping on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Anyway, till, till next week, uh, uh, be safe. Um, don't watch the Ridiculous Six. I'll do it for you. Like, I'll take that bullet for everybody. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, just uh, have a good week, and we'll, we'll talk to you next time.